0: Welcome to Graceway Baptist Church. This is our Sunday school hour, or half hour as the case may be. Uh, This is going to be presented on March 5th of 2023. And uh, since we're finished with what we did with Daniel and then looking at Haggai, which took place basically in the aftermath of Daniel's life and his prophecies, Uh, We're going to get extremely practical. We're going to be in the book of Ecclesiastes at various points. We're not going to go verse by verse through the whole thing. But uh, we are going to look at some things that I think will be helpful and hopefully will be a blessing to your life. And if you like practical, well, you're going to get some very practical. We're going to be looking in uh, this week in Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. Probably the most familiar verses that come out of the book of uh, Ecclesiastes. This is um, what I preach from at Sid Jeter's funeral. This were some of, these were some of her favorite verses of Scripture. Uh, you also may remember a song by, I think it was by the birds, a long time ago, to everything, turn, 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 there is a season. I mean, it's taken out of what we're going to read now, except for the turn, turn, turn part. But... Um, I I think it's going to help us kind of settle in on something because, um, well, uh, we've got it written down here. We'll just use what's written. written. It's the introduction. We live in a confusing, evil, and uncertain times. Confusing, evil, and uncertain times. How how better to describe it? And uh, probably there is some stronger adjectives you could use, but I think that sums it up pretty good. Evil, uh, confusing, evil, and uncertain times. Uh, What used to be good is now bad. What used to be dark is now light. I mean, just like Isaiah said. And uh, Paul told us we would live in perilous times in the latter days. Now, reading on, God has ordained that we should live in this period of time. Now being salt and light requires wisdom and Solomon gives us much to consider. So uh, before we really get into that, understand you're not here by accident and you don't live during this time period just by random chance. This is something that God, well, he created you and he created you to live now, not to live you know, 400 years ago or, or 500 years in the future, but for now. And I think if we're not careful, we uh, so discount what is going on now. We feel helpless, we feel hopeless, and again, confused by everything that's going on. And sometimes we just sort of, you know, retreat and we back off or stick our heads in the sand or something like that. And we really can't do that, not as uh, Christ commanded us to carry out the Great Commission, for one thing to every creature, and we're all supposed to be involved in that. And he also said that we're to let our light shine before men so that others see our good works and then glorify our Father which is in heaven. So in order to do that, there are some things that we really need to... uh, Make sure that we understand. And this is more than just going, yeah, yeah, we know that. Yeah, we affirm that. Yeah, we believe. Belief really turns into action, doesn't it? But it also does something else. If you really believe it, then it settles you down emotionally into things. There's so much that goes on now. Uh, Just about every time you uh, watch the news or read some sort of article about something, there's something that'll sort of get to you. Something that'll stir you up, something that'll shock you, something that'll dismay you, something that may even arouse you to anger or something like that. And it's almost like that's part of the plan. You know, God's not the author of confusion, so we know who is. And it's like we're being overwhelmed with all of that now to where things don't make sense. So where's God? And what's he doing? Is he being defeated? Is he getting you know, beat up and whipped? Is he running with his tail tucked between his legs? I mean, doesn't that sound blasphemous? Well, it is, kind of. And uh, we we don't want to think like that. And Daniel chapter 2, verse 21, just to remind you, a blast from the past here, God controls the times and the seasons, okay? Now, the verse says, and he changes the times and the seasons He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. You mean even in times like these we can have wisdom and understanding? Yes. And even in times like these, God has ordained this time and for us to be in it? Yeah, that's what it says, isn't it? Uh, Think about this. Another verse. Acts chapter 1 verse 7 that some things are concealed. Okay, some things we're just not going to know. Kind of a Deuteronomy 29, 29 thing. The secret things belong to the Lord. Well, this is what Acts 1, 7 says. And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. They were all hung up and they said, Is this the time you'll restore the kingdom to Israel? I mean, take your throne, take over, kick the Romans out. Now we get it. You died on the cross. You're alive again from the dead. Now take everything over. And that's what Jesus said in response to that. It just reminds us there's some things that in this life we're never going to know everything. We're never going to have it all figured out. We're never going to have all the pieces put together. And, um, boy, woe to those who think they do have it. They're almost always made fools of or proven wrong. And so uh, better to be humble in this thing. We don't understand everything. Uh, I saw a commercial with Franklin Graham the other day on it, and he said, uh, talking about the Bible, do I understand all of it? No. Do I believe all of it? Yes. And that's a problem. It's not that the Bible is wrong. It's that we don't have full understanding. Some things we'll never get. They're in the Father's authority. Uh, another verse, 1 Chronicles twelve thirty-two. And uh, some people have uh, understanding in that. And, uh, you know, there are just, as Daniel said, there are some people and sometimes who have understanding of of some things. Uh, It it says that uh, when Daniel, uh, Daniel, when David was choosing men to be in his uh, mighty men of valor type thing, it says, uh, lists the different people that he was choosing for that. And it makes this statement of the sons of Issachar who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Now, that's just a little part of a verse there, so it's a, a tad awkward, but it shows the point that there are some people that do have some degree, not total, but some degree of understanding. Uh, of the times, and and we ought to strive for that. We want to understand as much as we possibly can, and we don't just want to say, well, God's sovereign, que Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be, or something like that. We don't want to be fatalistic. We don't want to be ignorant. We don't want to play into the enemy's hands. We don't want to, you know, be anything like that. And uh, so there are some people who do have understanding of the times, like the sons of Issachar. And, of course, there's Romans eight twenty eight, And we just ask the question, all things? I mean, does it mean that or does it not? Did Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, mislead us? Is he just trying to blow sunshine up our overalls and put a good, happy face spin on everything? Or is it true? I believe it's true. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God to those who are the called according to his purpose see so if that is true and it is then we have to look at life like that why is all this stuff happening why am i living during this time why am i going through this kind of stuff why my kids why my grandkids why you know it was so easier and so much simpler 30 40 50 100 years ago or whatever why me why now why this and uh, we've got to say, well, Romans 8:28 or not. It's, it's either true or it's not. we got to believe it or we need to reject it. So think about that. Now, here's our text. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted. I would assume that means harvest. A time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to gain and a time to lose Literally, I think that means there a time to gain and a time to quit looking for gain. You know, there are those times, just let it go, in other words. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. Okay, notice uh, all of those things in there, these opposites. Uh, A time, for example, it said to uh, throw away stones and a time to gather stones. Now, if you're getting ready to plow a garden, you might want to get rid of the rocks, especially the big ones that might break your plow or your equipment and uh, take you longer to get ready to plant. You throw the rocks out, you toss them aside. My dad lived on a particularly rocky place. In fact, the name of his road was called Rocky Ridge Trail. And uh, he had a lot of rocks there in, uh, in northwest Arkansas. And he was always, every time we'd be walking somewhere, he'd say, if you see a rock laying on top of the ground, pick it up and throw it over into a big ravine that was there. And um, that's just something that he always did. And he would throw them away and sometimes have buckets full of rocks that he would dump. And uh, you don't want the rocks there if you're going to mow or if you're going to have a garden or something like that. But if you're going to build a rock wall, then you might want to gather the stones. You get the stones all together so that you have enough to build the wall and you mortar them together and uh, that way you have it uh, ready to go. So a time to throw away, a time to gather. Those type of things are in there. Uh, A time... um, You know, well, you see the contrast on all of those kind of things. And Solomon is telling us that everything has a time, everything has a purpose, everything has, maybe we should say, its place. And our problem is we get things out of order, don't we? We try to uh, make peace when we ought to be going to war or something like that, and uh, that, that just really messes everything up. So let's look at our points like this since we've read the text. Number one, I would say this. Our free will, that thing that we prize so much and talk about, uh, lost and saved people talk about it, by the way. uh, Our free will, quote unquote, is subject to the times and the seasons of life. It says in here in verse one, to everything there is a season A time for every purpose under heaven. In other words, let's just be honest. It is impossible for you to do anything you want at any time you want. And we we might even add in any way that you want. I mean, that's just not possible on this earth. Now, some societies are freer than others. And we live in a society where we have vastly more opportunities than someone in another part of the world for example, somebody under a communist regime or a totalitarian dictator, something like that, uh, they they have to do what they are told to do, what they're assigned to do. We have it, it's a little more wide open, but even at that, in America, you can be anything you want, okay? Can I be an NFL football player then? No. Can I be an NBA basketball player? Uh, no, that's not going to happen. I mean, we all have limitations, And the limitations many times are due to, well, just the way we're made and the limitations that we have in terms of uh, cognitive ability or in terms of talent or coordination or anything like that. Uh, But also let's think about the fact that um, if I wanted to, in the 1800s, be an astronaut, could I? No, because astronauts did not exist in the 1800s, right? Uh, There has to be a time opportunity and a seasonal opportunity for these kind of things. Think about back before uh, women had the right to vote, okay? What if a woman says, I'm going to go and I'm going to vote my candidate in, and there was somebody at the polls saying, no, you don't have the right to vote, or when only property owners could vote, or Something like that. Think about what it was like when African Americans were in slavery. Could one of them be president or anything like that? No. There there are times and seasons that put limitations on all of us. And we're limited by, got some things listed here, we're limited by opportunity. Sometimes we just don't have the opportunity. Somebody who is imprisoned today in Iran for being a Christian they probably can't just get up and say, you know what, I think I want to get a master's degree from Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. The opportunity is just not there. Sometimes it is by ability. Sometimes, as I mentioned earlier, you know, I, I can't be anything I want because I don't have the physical ability. I'm not the right age. I don't have that uh, opportunity to do it. And even when I was the right age, Still couldn't do it. Sometimes it's simply by timing. Sometimes the timing is just off on things as far as we're concerned. If I had known back in uh, 1968 or so what Walmart was going to do, back when Walmart was just located in northwest Arkansas, store number one for Walmart is the Walmart in Rogers, Arkansas? That's where all my family is from. If I had known, I would have, uh, you know, told my grandpa and my aunts and uncles buy stock in Sam Walton's store. This is going to be the number one retailer in the world one day. But nobody knew that, and they all kind of laughed at it and chuckled at it and uh, didn't didn't think much of it. Who who's ever heard of a place called? Walmart. Well, now everybody has. And so the timing is off. Can't get Walmart stock for a dollar a share anymore. You know, those kind of things, uh, a lot of things in life are determined by the timing. Wrong place, wrong time. Sometimes it's, uh, what is it, Uh, a day late and a dollar short. Sometimes it's too early. Some people are ahead of their time. Some people get it just right. And you may be one, and I hope there are some things that God has for you to do where you just get it just right. But these are the things that really do limit what we do in terms of our free will. Now, I can get angry about that, and I can say, God, why wasn't I born earlier, or why didn't I know this, or why wasn't I able to do thus and so? Well, understand that God created you on purpose. He designed you the way He wanted you, designed. He gave you the genetics that he wanted you to have, and he's put you in this place, this time and place, and he also has redeemed you for a purpose, and that purpose is perfect, okay? You will never be more useful or more like Christ than you are in this day and age in the time in which you live. He's the ones that, that opens and shuts doors. And he doesn't just do it willy-nilly. He, uh, it doesn't just happen. The other day I was in our house and it was warm enough in February to have the windows open. And there was a breeze that kind of came up and it made a door inadvertently slam. You know, that's a little unnerving when you're by yourself in the house and it's at the opposite end of the house. Until I stopped and thought, Yeah, a bad guy probably wouldn't slam the door. I'm okay. But uh, nonetheless, it was just kind of a random thing that happened. Let Let me tell you, when God opens doors or shuts doors, it's not something that a thief or the enemy does. He doesn't allow doors to be open just so that you and I might get hurt or mess up. And he doesn't allow just the wind to blow and shut doors so that you're cut off from things. No, there's a purpose in all of it. And think about, um, it's in the first part of Revelation, in the letter to the seven churches, there's one of them where it says that he opens doors that no man can shut and shuts doors that no one can open. That's the way that works. And we understand that nothing is accidental. The all things of Romans 8:28 really are some of the things that are listed in this passage. The time to do this and the time to do the opposite. Time to do this, time to do the opposite. Whatever time it is in your life, I mean, you can't change all of those just because you want to. There's a time to plant and a time to harvest. You can't harvest in the time for planting. You can't harvest if you don't plant. And um, there's a time to plant and it's not the harvest time. You got to get it right and you got to get it in order. And so the Lord is the one who helps us with that. Number two, many of the times, quote unquote, are obviously out of our control. Look at verses two and three. Time to be born. Did you choose that? And a time to die. You, you know how long you're going to live? A time to... Um, let me get this right here. A time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted. Do you determine the seasons? Do you take the plant and say, hey, you're going to bear fruit in December when it's made to bear fruit in October? No, you, you don't get to do that. Um... Verse 3, a time to kill and a time to heal. I mean, there are those times when you take people to the hospital, you get them fixed, you give them first aid. And there are other times if somebody were attacking your child and you had a, had a weapon, you would probably uh, take that person out for the defense of your child, right? And uh, maybe you would try to help them out and make sure they don't die, but... At that particular point, well, don't ever use a weapon unless you intend to use it uh, properly, right? And so uh, that's one of the things that is a contrast here. And a time to break down and a time to build up. Now, did you choose to be born? Did you choose your parents? Did you choose your ethnicity? Did you choose your gender? Did you choose your location? I mean, why wasn't I born in Cuba? Why wasn't I born in the Soviet Union? Why why wasn't I born in the slums of India? I don't know, other than God's plan. We don't choose those kind of things. We don't choose the length of our life. And we don't control planting, the seasons of the harvest, whether it's physically or spiritually. Um, There's a spiritual application on all of that to fruit bearing and harvesting and those kind of things. And some people live in a time where it's more of a time of planting, even spiritually. And then other people live in a time of reaping. There are those times of revival, times of spiritual awakening. And then sometimes those times seem to just, poof, disappear. And you're in a different season with a different uh, result because you're doing a different thing. Sometimes you plant, sometimes you water, sometimes you reap. And all of those are important, aren't they? And uh, we don't get to choose which time we're in and what our role is. And did you choose the era in which you live? You might have been born in war. What what about somebody who was born in Ukraine right now? What about somebody that was born in in Berlin in 1941? You know, uh, that type of thing. What if it's a time of peace? What if you're born in the post-war era? in america that's going to look a little different than uh, some other places in the world there may be a a time of prosperity some of us have uh, parents that were born in the great depression or grandparents as the case may be and uh, we look at them and wonder how they survived and what they had to put up with as opposed to the times in which we live with indoor plumbing refrigeration air conditioning Uh, the automobiles that we have, opportunities for education, um, all of that. Uh, Sometimes we may be born into a time of persecution. I kind of see the signs that that is heading our way, probably faster than we would like to admit. And it may not fully hit people in my generation, but uh, what about my kids? What about my grandkids? Uh, What about... My great great grandchildren and you know, those that I'll never see. when are they going to be born and what is going to be happening in then in their lives? It's going to be quite different if it's a time of persecution. Makes me think of Esther chapter four, verse fourteen. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. In other words, you're not going to cripple or handicap God's plan. But uh You and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And that's the way we are to look at things and look at everything for such a time as this. Okay. Number three, many of these times and seasons that we uh, looked at are painful, but they are universal and normal. Verses four through six, a time to weep, That's everybody. And a time to laugh. That's also everybody. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to gain and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to throw away. Everybody does those things. Everybody. And so why is this happening to me? That's kind of a universal question. But uh, you notice the things that are here listed touch everyone. It's not just you. You're not being picked on. These are things everybody experiences. And it's amazing that we can look, maybe you're looking at an old-fashioned newspaper and you happen to look at the obituaries and you notice that there's 15 people that have an obituary in there in the uh, Oklahoma City paper. Okay? You probably don't give it much time or thought. You may not even read it. You may just glance at it and just kind of go, oh, I don't want to read that. Or you may see the name of somebody that you know. But what if it is your wife or your husband? What if it's your mom or your dad, brother or sister or something? Then you read it and you may even weep over all of it. These things touch everyone. But we're not aware of it until it touches us. There are tons of people in the hospital that you probably haven't given any thought today. There are tons of people that are having funerals today that you probably haven't given much thought to. There are people who lost their job today, and you're not giving much thought to that until it happens to you. And then we tend to say, why me? Why is it? Well, these things happen to everyone, and they touch every life. No one has a perfect life. We are all sinners, and we make impulsive rash, and even unbiblical decisions. And we live in a fallen world where others sin against us. We live on a cursed earth and the environment sometimes works against us, particularly here our weather tries to kill us so often, doesn't it? And we live in nations where the ungodly are in positions of power. And John sixteen thirty three is encouraging, These things I have spoken to you, that in me, as Jesus, you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I, not will, but I have overcome the world. We need to rest in that victory. Number four, some of the times require wisdom. You know, uh, there are sometimes I've got a choice. I've got decisions to make. I'm going to be on one side or the other. I'm either going to do right or I'm going to do wrong. Now, some of these things just happen to us. I don't choose whether we go into war or whether someone that I love dies or anything like that. But some things I do have a degree of choice in. Look at verse seven a time to tear and a time to sow. Okay? I I kind of choose that, don't I? Is this what should I fix up these jeans or throw them away and get some new ones, or patch them up like my mom used to do? You remember those those iron-on patches? Terrible. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. Uh, that's a choice. A time to love and a time to hate. That's a choice, isn't it? A time of war and a time of peace. So. We look at these things and we need wisdom to know like what to value and how to use our possessions properly. We need to know when to speak, how much to say. We also need to know when to just be quiet and not say anything at all. Silence sometimes is golden. The Bible tells us in the New Testament we're to be uh, what slow to quick to swift to hear, pardon me. Slow to speak and also slow to wrath. Uh, we, we don't always get that. That takes wisdom. Sometimes we've got to be quiet. Sometimes you've got to speak up. We need to ask the question, is my love biblical? And is it a giving love? Or is it just merely a selfish feeling that I have? You make me so very happy, the song says. Well, is that the essence of love? what if you don't make me happy anymore? I'm done. I'm through loving you. You obviously don't love me or you would make me happy. That's a lot to put on another person. And if you do that, you're not going to stay married very long and your family's not going to stay intact because love is unselfish and love is giving, right? And uh, think about this. There's a time to hate. Do I hate what God hates? I may find myself living in step with the world, but out of step with the Spirit of God, out of step with the Word of God, out of step with what God says He loves or what He hates. Is it really righteous? You know, I can say sometimes, I'm I'm angry, but it's a righteous anger. Is it really? I mean, I know it can be, and it sometimes is, but I've got a feeling most of the time that's a cover-up for just what we really want to do. We've got to make it appear... Uh, Make it appear, you know, justified and uh, that type of thing. And um, you think about uh, what the Bible talks about here. Uh, Wars, sometimes are good, sometimes they're bad. Somebody's got to make that decision. I'm thankful that it's not me, but somebody's got to decide. We've got to think about uh, things in the national uh, uh, sense. You know, is this a good law? Is this a bad law? Well, somebody's got to decide that. We have to make personal decisions. What are my convictions going to be? Uh, Am I going to participate in this or not participate in it? And why? Am I just being legalistic, just judgmental, self-righteous? Is it just comfortable or is there a right or wrong to it? Is there a a reason to it? Um, We think about uh, the things that we hate and the war and all of that, even in a figurative way, you know, what what is it that I'm doing and how do I live my life and what decisions do I make even in a spiritual sense? Is it good or bad, right or wrong, righteous, unrighteous, biblical, unbiblical? Um, all of these kind of things. What about peace? Am I really seeking peace or do I just not want to get involved? Do I just not really care so I don't go and get involved in the fight or in the struggle just because I don't want to be bothered? I mean, what is it? Compromise. Um, We can be cowardly. Sometimes we can be appropriate. Um, I don't know. Sometimes... um, We think about it being spiritual, emotional, and calming. Do we settle a situation? Do we bring the Spirit of God? Do we bring uh, biblical wisdom and reason into a situation? Or are we just a person who uh, seems to uh, just kind of stir up stuff all the time? And so this is the idea of loving and hating, loving and hating. How do we fit into all of that? Most of the time... The average person, even Christians, don't even give it a second thought. They just go like an animal by instinct all the time, and we're above that, aren't we? In second Corinthians chapter ten, verse four, it says, "For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds in romans fourteen seventeen says "For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking but righteousness and peace and joy." in the Holy Spirit. And so we need to think about these terms that we use all the time. I have a peace about this or I want to be a peacemaker. Do you really or is it just an excuse for you to do or to not do what you uh, uh, are called to do? And so we conclude this by saying God is either sovereign over all or he is really not sovereign at all. And if you believe what the Bible says about God, then live like it, act like it. Don't send a confusing message to the world and do not stumble, baby Christians. Walk by faith and not by sight. So easy for us to proclaim certain things about God to everybody else when something is, uh, when, when nothing is touching our lives in a bad way. But when bad things come into our lives, trials and testings and attacks and persecutions and all of that, then we find out what's really in our heart. That's part of the way, by the way, that in Psalm 139, when David says, search me, O God, and know my heart, that's one of the ways God searches the heart. He puts the squeeze on you so that what is in you comes out. Now, you know, God already knows. Now, you know. So what are you going to do with it and what are you going to do about it? And when baby Christians see us sing one thing and proclaim one thing and then we act completely different, boy, that really stumbles them. And the world is confused about our message. You said God was good. Is he or is he not? We've got to mature in Christ so that we can give a consistent message to anyone who happens to be looking. Isn't that what we really want after all? And that's what we're talking about. There's a time and a purpose for everything that happens because our God is a sovereign God. But remember, he's not only sovereign, he's a good, merciful God and he's kind and he empowers us to go through any of those situations. How are we doing in the times and the seasons in which we live? Okay, something to think about. God bless you, teachers, and may the Lord do a great work in your class, and God bless those of you who are watching this to keep up. I pray that your soul has been fed, that you've been given some things to think about, and that you are uh, filled with the joy of the Lord and confidence in Him and His Word. We'll see you next week. Again, God bless, and thank you very much.